Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is atheism a non-profit organization? Hi, America. Hello, world. I've got time. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, <laughs> and just plain weird. I get so much entertainment from that. I know. You've no idea. I say that in the bathroom when there's an echo in the shower. <laughs> I know. I love it. Yeah. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I really do admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So, wow. So snuggle under your... She's been on the sherry. (laughs) That reminds me of when I was a small child and that's like nine o'clock on Christmas Day of an evening. When she's been on the cooking sherry and had Sunday dinner and roast and <laughs> the whole works. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce tonight's guests. Firstly, the mysterious and ethervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and DVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather was diagnosed this week as an apathetic sociopath. She'd kill me, but she really can't be bothered. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Heather Morris. I said, yep. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's normally normally the convention in Britain to do it in the gaps I leave, but if you want to talk over me... You do it in the gaps. That's huh? fine. Yes, I do. <laughs> the gaps just aren't big enough. That's the problem. I wish to also introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corrie. Michelle, 
has an avid interest in all things paranormal and was born in Moira, Minnesota. Michelle realised she was nobody this week. But then she realised nobody is perfect and therefore perfect, which made her happy again. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. See, that's how it works. That works perfectly. (laughs) She's only been here three weeks and she's nailed the concept of talking in a dialogue. She only had a little gap. I gave her the same gap you got. I'm not discriminating. I hate everybody equally. (laughs) 73 is a fine and upstanding number. This is series two, episode 73. 73 is the single season number of home runs scored by Barry Bonds in 2001. Of all the American sports, I love football the best. So well done to him. (laughs) Sonnet, (laughs) Sonnet 73 is a famous verse by William Shakespeare penned in 1609 and is about old age. That time of year thou smayst in me behold when yellow leaves or none or few do hang upon those boughs which shake against the cold bare ruined choirs where late the sweet birds sang. It's a joy, isn't it? Shakespeare walks into a bar and the bartender says, Oi, you can't come in here. You're barred. Oh, man. I thank you. I thank you. (laughs) There are 73 books in the Catholic Bible. Knock, knock. Who's there? You really haven't got any idea about how any of this works, have you? (laughs) When I leave a gap, you don't jump in. When I, there's no gap there, you go for it. I haven't had my coffee. Knock, knock. Who's, Who's there? there? Noah. Noah who? Noah is the winter of our discontent. Oh. See what I did there? I combined two things together perfectly, like a segue. That's just a joy. <laughs> On CB radio, 1073 means speed trap ahead. I once saw an ambulance speeding through London with sirens wailing. When I was a small kid, I turned around to my mother, not knowing any better, and said, he's not going to sell much ice cream going at that speed. (laughs) Each week, I love reading out the mailbag, all of your electronic mails, all of the posts you have on Facebook. I have to say, in the last couple of weeks, we've had so much interaction with the listeners of this show. I absolutely love it. If you chat with me on Facebook, I will chat back. I'm happy to go on there. I'm happy to receive all your messages. My Money Tree TV from London says, Myself and the missies never fail to listen to a show, and we pass the word on. Keep up the brilliant work. Every show that you do is our favourite, because you guys are on it. God bless. That's a joy from from London. That's definitely not one of my relatives, I might add. (laughs) Ben in Minnesota has posted, I found the show by luck on episode 68 and now listen every chance I get. I have turned one of my friends into the show. The amount of joy and weirdness you guys bring to us, (laughs) especially you, Adrian, is outstanding and leaves us in stitches, lifting our spirits every week. Yay. Yay. Nice. Heather is funny too. Tanya, our favourite listener in Australia, was enamoured with the story you had last week about a restaurant where you sit on toilets and the food is served in potties. And I said, what would happen if that was a first date? Mum, how did you meet Dad? Can you imagine Mm -hmm. that? Now, we thought between us we would put a compilation album together. And Katie 
from Minnesota and Margaret from Texas also chipped in. We have now put together a compilation album for the background music of that restaurant. Oh, yes. Cool. Lay it on me. Push it, salt and pepper. <laughs> Great. Slip sliding away. Mm-hmm. I believe that's Paul's song. <laughs> Under pressure. <laughs> Ring of fire. Oh, Everyone's favourite. Thunder Road. Yes. Golden Brown by the Stranglers. (laughs) I think that works for both, to be honest. (laughs) This one's quite sick. Return to Sender. (laughs) (laughs) If you're having problems and you've not had enough fibre in your diet, I suggested Bridge over Troubled Waters. (laughs) And then that was followed up with Hanging Tough. No. (laughs) And we ended on King of Pain. (laughs) <laughs> that's a great call co- I'd listen to that that sounds like a great album it does I would listen to that Guy Ritchie would be jealous he would we're working on it as we speak there's money to be made you're in talks you're in talks <laughs> <laughs> it's unlike you to be funny <laughs> I'm so impressed with that. I'm going to put you back on zero. Oh, nice. <laughs> You're in talks. Oh. I thought that was a song. I'm thinking, is that talk, talk? Who's saying that? I'm racking my brains for the first few seconds about what album that's on. Wow. Finally, our good friend Martin in New York has posted, this show gives me so many laughs. When are you going to do a book signing in New York? I would like to meet you in person i'm very wary of that of course because you know what happened to john lennon when he went to new york for talks and for <laughs> meeting americans he also says i learned this evening that the best way to have coffee is with half a cup of sugar yes, yes. <laughs> he then goes on to say isn't that hot mountain dew well <laughs> and i think in many ways that's the best way to describe heather's peepee <laughs> Great. You can contact us anytime <laughs> with your defecation jokes on please, Facebook. Please, yes. This is a paranormal talk radio show. Did you know Not that? anymore. <laughs> the strange, the bizarre, and weird. If you wish to talk to us on Facebook, all of our stories from tonight's show are on there. Plus much, much more if you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee. I would love for you to join us. We have over 5,000 followers on there. All having fun, as you've seen by me reading out those messages you can join me on twitter at adrian underscore lee underscore tips that's t-i-p-s for the international paranormal society we have eighty thousand followers on there if you go to youtube we have many things posted we have an outtake one of the funniest episodes we ever did there's six minutes of hilarity on there again if you type in more questions and answers and adrian lee you will find that on there plus my book how to be a christian psychic I've read out three chapters on there for you to listen to as an audio book on healing, crystals and meditations. That's how to be a Christian psychic. We have a website, adrianleepsychic.com. And finally, our archives. You can visit SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. I always forget the last one. What's the Tune last in. one? Tune in. Tune in, of course. Yeah. So if you wish to listen to any of our shows over the last three years, I know people binge listen to those and they listen to 10 or 12 in a row. If you're at work, perhaps, or if you're walking the dog or you're doing housework or you just want a nice laugh on a Sunday evening, we're there for you on SoundCloud. Type in MQTA Radio and you can listen to our archives. 
We are now creeping into August, of course. I have some fun and interesting facts about August. Tomorrow marks, unfortunately, the anniversary in 1945 when the first atomic bomb was dropped on Hiroshima in Japan. So that marks the anniversary of that tomorrow. And on the same day, in 1926, Gertrude Adele successfully swam the English Channel. And when she got there, she was really depressed and unhappy because she suddenly realised she'd landed in France. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand why people swim. It's like 24 miles in its narrowest part, 23, 22, something like that. It's the busiest shipping channel Mm -hmm. in the entire world. More cargo freighters and shipping go through that channel of water than anywhere else in the world. It's constant. There's jellyfish. There's tides. This isn't an easy swim. You're likely to get stung. You're going to be moved around by the tides. Wouldn't it be better with any of these stamina sports, with any of these long distance sports, if you gave yourself some sort of goal, gave you some sort of ambition, something to aim for? Why would you not start in France and swim to England? We have some of the best shortbread in the world. You know, you turn up in France, you've been stung by jellyfish, you've got blisters the size of tennis balls, you've got a Frenchman urinating on you because he thinks that's a good way to get rid of jellyfish. And you're sat there... And you're going to eat a plate of snails for your dinner. Wouldn't it be better to go to Britain? You have a nice hot pie. You could have a pint of warm beer. You could have fish and chips. That would be yeah. the way to give yourself some ambition is what I'm saying here. August is also National Peach Month. It's also Picnic Month and Romance Awareness Month. Oh. I was thinking that I could combine all those things and take Michelle out on a romantic picnic and by the end of the afternoon, she'll be saying to me, that's a peach, Adrian. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can still be deported for moral turpitude. We have a round ahead of us. It is the round of ghosts and hauntings. It's the stories from around the world that contain all things spooky and ghoulish. Mattel is reporting strong early sales for its line of toys based on the female-led Ghostbusters from both boys and girls. One. One what? One boy. No, what? They sold one? They sold one, apparently. And an ecto. (laughs) And the person that bought the ecto was confused and thought it was an ambulance. (laughs) In keeping with the tagline, everybody wants to be a Ghostbuster, Mattel's retail strategy was to sell the female-led Ghostbuster action figures in the boys' toy aisle. The sales figures at the top retailer in the country have exceeded expectations, the toy maker reported this week. Traditionally... Female action figures are not popular with boys. I understand they changed a lot of the Avengers films because young boys aren't going to play with the Wasp or Invisible Girl. There, I bought you Invisible Girl. There you go. Look at that. Best present ever. <laughs> yeah. I've got Mr. Fantastic. I've got The Thing. I've got The Human Torch. Yes. I only need the Invisible Girl to make up the set. No, I bought you that. It's with it. It's in the bag. Oh, See where that's that could happen. terrible. It's shocking, isn't it? Mm. So they're quite pleased, apparently, that boys are playing now with female action figures. I've only seen two. You've only seen two. In mm. Walmart, which is, let's face it, one of the biggest grocery stores in America, they're pretty much only selling the previous franchise yep. toys. Got them all. You've got them all. They're not really selling the new ones. I suspect that this new Ghostbusters film... It's just a vehicle to sell all the old merchandise from the film back in 1984. I bet you the old merchandise is way outselling the new anyway. I would guarantee it. You've got all the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Oh. You've got Slimer. You've got all the old Bill Murray, the Ecto-1. Everything's I bought there. the plushy ones. You've bought, and what does the plushy ones do? The Slimer screams and he goes... <laughs> I love it. 
that actually sounds like my cat in heat, so I don't believe that <laughs> for one moment. Mattel said Ghostbuster action figures and character minifigures, the Ecto vehicle and the Proton Pack are all selling well. Mm-hmm. We're thrilled with the response to the new Ghostbusters toy line, said Joe Wawandas, Senior VP of Design and Marketing for Mattel's Toy Box. Has to say it. We worked closely with <laughs> <Yeah>. Sony <laughs> to ensure each figure featured authentic details from the movie, including a wearable proton pack, uh-huh. poor acting and limited dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, yes. did you see the lunchbox that's now available for sale? Yes, for I'm going to buy that too. And it looks like the little box they captured the ghosts in. I'm sure it's just a ghost trap, isn't it? Yes. But they've made a kid's lunchbox uh-huh. look like a ghost trap. It's fantastic. It's a joy, isn't it? it I is. love it. By the way, I want a Kate McKinnon action figure. Great. And she's going to be integrated fully with my Princess Leia Slave Girl action figure. And I've actually penciled in a whole afternoon for this. I just thought I'd share Pictures will be posted on more questions. Then answers oh, with Adrian Lee. I have stormed into a league because I shall give myself three for being informative and somewhat funny. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Haunting? A terrified dad caught on camera the spooky moment he was attacked in his own home by an angry poltergeist that threw crockery at him. Crockery. It's the ghost crockery. of his ex-wife, I tell you. Oh, boy. My mother used to throw crockery at my dad. Constantly. No. There's no joke in there. I mean, this is. A- <laughs> if my poor mother was to somewhat pass on at some point, and we we're all going to be there eventually, so I'm not being morbid, but I'm sure my dad, in spirit, would have someone whisper in his ear as he's reading the newspaper and watching the sport. You need to put the garbage out. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone. No. You haven't done the washing up. For days. No. <laughs> She's like Scrooge. It's the ghost of washing up past coming back to haunt him. Ian Hawk 42 live streamed his contact with the dead to hundreds of viewers, hundreds on Facebook, which saw a cup and a plate mysteriously fall off a sideboard before the mug was hurled at him by an invisible force. It wasn't staged, right? It had fishing wire attached to it. Mm. This is what happens. The video shows the dad from Abbey Wood, southeast London. You know where it's at? I have been there, yes. Um, mm. I had all the tires removed on my car, and you drive through very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, he freaked out as his call for the poltergeist to show itself was answered. He was joined by paranormal investigator Danny Taylor, who inspected his home for activity on Wednesday night. After capturing the spooky footage on his CCTV camera weeks previously, Ian, who is heard asking for the haunter to come forward, said, Anything! Anything! Come on, please! Anything! Make me a cup of tea! <laughs> yeah, that's... I want a ghost to haunt me that does my ironing, that does my laundry, that makes me a cup of tea. I want to see a cup of tea floating into my room in the middle of the night would be a joy, wouldn't oh, it? Heaven. When I was 14, when I was 14... I was laying in bed with my headphones on, listening to Iron Maiden back in the day. Ozzy Osbourne, Iron Maiden. All right. ACDC. Uh-huh. As all 14-year-old boys do, I'm lying there. Obviously, you're raging full of hormones. The chemicals in your body are at an advanced stage and you're not used to that kind of thing. I thought, quite innocently, I would close my eyes and practice onanism. There we go. Obviously, the whole thing was done and dusted within a couple of minutes. I took my earphones off, opened my eyes, and there was a cup of tea on the sideboard next to my bed. I think my mother must have brought it in. Either that I'm being haunted by ghosts that bring me cups of tea. 
Dinner that evening was particularly quiet. No conversation was made. What else have you got there? Too much information? Line in the sand bit. crossed? Okay. A little bit, yeah. Right. A white mug was then thrown off the stool, prompting him to shout, what the... Rhymes with stuck. Duck? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what Mark? the duck? Yes. <laughs> what the duck? Some some sort of rapping by Donald Duck, isn't it? That's true. <laughs> what I was having a struck, was sorry. That? Was that a stroke? I think that's epilepsy. I think you're <laughs> To be fair, no one's ever asked me to rap like Donald Duck before. So that was a first. I didn't know how it would come out. I'll be honest with you. I thought it would be better. But we're live and we're stuck. <laughs> I fully committed to it. And it's now on air. So I can't do anything about that, can oh, I? Oh, boy. I'm not going to do it again. I've embarrassed myself. My family. I've embarrassed my continent. There will be no Donald Duck rapping during the course of this show from Thank now on in. Thank God. Danny, <laughs> using unknown instruments, then claimed the ghost reacted in this way as Ian antagonized it. Ian replied, I'm not antagonizing it. I just asked. As Ian explained why the spirits could be annoyed, a plate mysteriously fell down without any visible external forces. The stunned dad said, I'm going, seriously, I'm getting out of this ducking house. (laughs) That's where Huey, Dewey, and Louie live, apparently. It is. Seriously, I'm going, see you later, I'm not sitting here watching this rhymes with pit come off the side. (laughs) Okay. Your stories are really hard work. I'm sweating here. I'm trying to work out what's going on. I'm putting rhyming comments together. I'm rapping like Donald Duck. Oh, God. There's so much. It's giving me a headache. It's giving me a headache, too. Danny tried to calm him down, but the terrified father said he wanted to leave his own home. He said, yeah, well, I'm not going to sit here and have things thrown at me. He tries to communicate with the spirits again, saying, hello. If you're there, please show yourself. Are you there? Hello? Is it me you're looking for? (laughs) Yes. One of my favorite, favorite parts of our show. I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your eyes. What? Yeah. I don't know the lyrics, do I? (laughs) The cup on the floor is then hurled towards Ian, who screamed, It's thrown it at me. Speaking after his terrifying ordeal, shaking up, Ian said the whole experience frightened the life out of me. And it didn't the even, life out of Yeah, him. it didn't even rhyme with pit. No, it didn't, did it? <laughs> if you ask for activity... I know, right? And then activity happens. Mm-hmm. That's like being a bird watcher, an ornithologist. You spend three weeks sat in a field in the cold, in a little hide, looking for the lesser spotted transalpine club sparrow to come by. Uh-huh, that doesn't exist. No, I made that up. Okay. And the moment it does, you run off in the opposite direction. <laughs> I right. There's going to be people looking for that bird now. There is. I want people. I can give you a bird now. Can you? Oh, I can see that. Yes. No. Oh, my. One one or two. What are we going? Oh, we've gone with two lots of one. Is that a mating pair? Is that a male and a female? Are they going to make lots of little set. transalpine club crickets? Club crickets. I've gone from bird to insect. Easily done, ladies and gentlemen. Police are hunting an attacker dressed as a Japanese ghost who smears poo and urine over the front door of a woman it claims is a home-wrecking mistress. It's the return of the Phantom Turtler! What? I love this show. I love it. Like something out of a Japanese horror movie, a woman has been repeatedly targeted by a ghostly figure in a white sheet, long black haired wig, an eerie looking white mask. 
This is the ghost of Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, no. It even comes prepared with plastic bags on its feet and feces in little ready-to-smear bags it can turn inside out. And on Great. at least one occasion, had an umbrella to protect its hair from the rain. <laughs> the victim, because all ghosts <laughs> yeah. need to protect their hair from the rain. The victim, known as only Miss Yang, claims the whole thing has stemmed from a big misunderstanding. The campaign began when she found a note outside of her front door last January, which accused her, she says wrongly, of breaking up someone else's family. Then for the last seven months, Miss Yang has come home to find all forms of waste rubbed into or poured all over her front door. Oh. And it happened an unlucky 13th time. She says she's fed up with it. As her building's surveillance cameras were broken, Miss Yang took matters into her own hands and bought her own CCTV camera to install outside the front door. And eventually it recorded the unidentified person approaching her door, rubbing waste onto it, although she didn't expect to see a ghost. <laughs> Miss Yang believes it to be a man in fancy dress. I'm really? still going. This is the ghost. I'm still committing myself to the ghost of Michael Jackson because it was bad dangerous off the wall and then he beats it oh Miss no Yang didn't believes it to be a man in fancy <laughs> dress she has since handed the video evidence over to the police who are now investigating the vandalism but it hasn't stopped the ghost from returning once more to cast its evil doings Oh, you said doings. I did. Is that but residual then? That's residual doings. <laughs> okay. I've got my doings meter and it's spiking into the red. Police are now keeping a close watch on the property in an attempt to catch the ghost in the act. This sounds like a smear campaign to me. Oh, no, you didn't again. If you wish to see Michael Jackson being Dirty Diana, you can go to our Facebook site more. Questions and answers. And seal the poo smearing for yourself in glorious Technicolor. Michelle, you are currently on two points. What have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Is this the face of a ghost boy at Carrick Fergus Castle? Mm. Creepy. Boy. Mm. <laughs> this one has a spooked. Returning to Northern Ireland for the first time in 46 years from Australia, Heather Weston wanted a few touristy snaps at Carrick Fergus Castle. But she got a lot more than she bargained for. Mm. The 49-year-old was snapped by her mum, Lorena, in a room in the castle built in 1177. That's an old one. Mm -hmm. That is old. And to her right appears to be the image of a small boy. Heather told Belfast Live, My mum took the picture, and right before she took it, my sister Sandra took a selfie without me in the window, and there's nothing there. We never spotted a ghost until we looked at the pictures later that evening. I didn't feel anything at the time, just a bit cold. I also had another experience in the castle as well. I took a picture inside a cell, and the flash on my camera was down, but it went off, and I got an electric shock. <laughs> <laughs> and then I couldn't, <laughs> from that point on, I literally couldn't remember anything. <laughs> and she just says it, it scared the absolute life out of me. Another two one. Yeah, two. If you have the life scared out of you, you're dead, then aren't you're you? A ghost. Ultimately, I Michelle, I shall put you onto a very healthy and rounded. I saw the picture. Four. Thank if you, you say bunk, you're going to get minus two straight off the bat. It didn't look um, real. What did it look like, Miss Morris? It Tell me. It didn't look real. It didn't look real. Well, it did look really real. I feel like I'm a like, school teacher asking a kid where their homework <laughs> is. Like flesh and 
blood real. It looked flesh and blood real, did it? Yes. It's a real person. Yes. And they think it's a ghost. Yes. Ghosts can look like real people. You took a photograph in the attic. I did. Of the Christie House mm-hmm. in Long Prairie, in the middle of Todd County in Minnesota. Yes. And in that photograph, you took a photograph of a mirror. And the reflection in the mirror shows an elderly gentleman with a bald head standing next to you in all flesh tones, fully yep. formed and three-dimensional. But you were the only person in the room. I was. And then we looked at the owner of the house, Mr. Robert, Dr. Robert Christie. Mm-hmm. And he died in 1947. And we compared the photographs of him to the photograph of the gentleman that appeared in the mirror. And it was the same guy. It was the same guy. He was in his house, haunting his house. And it was a flesh and blood picture, but any photographs that existed of Dr. Christie were black and white. That is true. They were black and white photographs. So you can look solid. There could be people. You look out your window now. Have a look out your window. I bet there's people wandering around. They could be dead. You wouldn't even know. Isn't there some silly statistic like one out of every five people you meet is probably dead? There is. And on the back of the fact that there's four people in this room. (laughs) (laughs) Who's not here? That should be. (laughs) Michelle's checking her pulse as we speak. Don't worry, we'll bring you back to life with earwax flavoured jelly beans. Don't. I still have them. (laughs) She still has the aftertaste of that. I have one more story left for the ghosts and hauntings. And let's face facts. I need the points. At least three. Of the 418 farmers in Sahor, India, who died by suicide, did so after they saw ghosts and not because of financial hardship, according to the state government. The spooky claims were made after Mr. Patel, a member of the legal assembly, questioned the high number of suicide amongst farmers in the area, which is Pradesh state. Patel was told by the Home Minister, Mr. Singh, that ghosts and spirits were to blame, not crop loss, according to the Indian Express. The explanation given by Mr. Singh was ridiculed by his predecessor, who asked him if a happiness ministry would be formed. I want to go to a nightclub called the Happiness Ministry. Can we make that happen? Can we open up a nightclub? called the ministry of happiness that's a great name and we'll have oxygen yeah. and we can breathe in oxygen and take shots you and don't dance breathe the oxygen now or the night away i'm i'm happy as i am i'm getting enough oxygen my body is not making me breathe any harder or any faster the oxygen i'm getting out of the ambience in this room is more than sufficient Thank the room you. is small very much i know and you've got the biggest <laughs> nose so you're getting more than anyone <laughs> Patel dismissed Singh's claims, telling the assembly that he had gathered information that at least 10 of the farmers died by suicide due to financial distress after crop failure. The state government attempted to justify their information, saying it was based on the account of relatives of the deceased farmers. Some 117 of the cases of suicide had no reason detailed. According to the Indian Express, a staggering 300,000 farmers have died by suicide in India over the past 20 years, with the highest in Maharashtra state, and that is 60,000. I don't understand what the connection is between seeing a ghost and suicide. I don't either. Because I've seen ghosts all my life, all over the world, for the last 20 years. They're people's deceased relatives. It's your great-grandmother, your great-great-grandmother. People that used to own the shop, used to own the business, used to live in that house. I don't see the connection between seeing a ghost and committing suicide. They are making a connection in their mind that ghosts are demonic. Do you see where Mm, we are? Yep. So under that, 
you do have suicide demons. There are demons whose names we shan't mention that are called suicide demons. They will stalk you. They will pick and tease and pull on you until you commit suicide. That is some people's beliefs, especially in the Christian and Catholic faith. So they've made a jump there between connecting ghosts with demons. And demons are non-human entities that are evil and are fallen angels. And ghosts are dead people. You can't combine the two. Right. Human beings can't become angels. Angels are giant 12-foot characters that were created solely for God and are androgynous. You can't be a righteous man and become an angel. It's not going to happen. We can't be angels. It's impossible. It's like a dog dying and thinking it's going to be turned into a cat. It's not possible. So they've made that connection, haven't they? Which I find very strange and very bizarre. But I shall give myself points. I'm on five. Heather has scored two. And Michelle <laughs> is currently on four. As we move into the round, it is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs? Did it, did it, did it, I got an update on... What was that? Some sort of video printer? I don't know. I think so. Now I'm just stuttering. I, I saw that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, a speech impediment is one of the main requirements for being on the radio, I believe. Uh, Russian and Korean scientists have made an important first step towards creating a live woolly mammoth. Alive. Awesome. What does yes. it taste like? Why do you always want to eat stuff? I'm interested. I want to know what it tastes like. Has anyone eaten an elephant? I'm as hungry as an elephant. Has anyone eaten an elephant? That's got to be no, rough. No, I don't it? think that. Maybe. 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 Tough. Chewy. I, I don't think. know. Not very tasty. Well, can an extinct species be brought back to life? An international team of scientists at the World Mammoth Center in Yakutsk, the world's coldest city, certainly seem to think so. You mean the world's coldest city is in Minneapolis? Yes. I, I want to argue that point. I just thought I'd say, having been here, this is the only place I've ever been in the world where your eyelids get stuck together because it's so cold. And you have to put your finger in your eye to get your eye back open. And you just can't wee outside. Well, there's many places you can't wee outside. I thought I'd do an experiment. I was going to throw a cup of hot boiling water into the air and see what happens. I thought it would come down as ice cubes. I threw it up into the air and it went... <laughs> And disappeared. <laughs> it didn't even make it to the ground, man. It was just like a puff man. of smoke, man. It was magic. I love all that. Me, I went and did it again. It was a joy. Thanks to their efforts, the possibility of cloning a mammoth is looking increasingly plausible. You just need to find a hairy elephant, don't you? Find the hairiest one you can get and then start matching them and pairing them up. I think he lives down in Texas now. A hairy elephant. <laughs> Jeez, you've got a vivid imagination. <laughs> if there's a, any hairy elephants down in Texas, you'd be sure to write in and let me know, won't you? We've got a mate for you. They're Russian. <laughs> as, as a result of tireless joint efforts, we have joint a, efforts. We have okay. a, we have achieved what we call the initial stage on our He's way to recovering the mammoth. He's taken it out to dinner. That's the initial yes. stage. They've gone out for ah. dinner. I yeah. think the second stage of that process would be the cinema, wouldn't it? Yes. And you're getting a bit of a feel around the back of the dumpsters outside Kentucky. And then on the third date, you're making woolly mammoths, aren't you? You're not even watching the film at that stage. You're going back the following week to see the film. Well, the South Korean cloning expert, Professor Hwang Woo-suk, said we continue... <laughs> <laughs> 
no expert on entomology. <laughs> but wouldn't you change that to Smith? <laughs> Dr. Smith. That would resolve so many issues, wouldn't it? Well, he said, we continue the search for new materials and samples. We need cells that can share information. If we could find a sample that is not only well-preserved, but also in which biochemical processes can take place, we will be able to impregnate it with the help of the Asian elephant materials. Mammoths were thought to have gone extinct around 10,000 years ago. However, recent evidence has suggested that the small population may have survived until as recently as 3,600 years ago. If cloning scientists actually do manage to bring the species back to life, it will surely be one of the most significant scientific breakthroughs in history. I read this week the reason why they died out. They think they died of thirst. They ran out of things to drink. That's what I read this week. Really? How they know that, I've no idea. They're doing this already. When I lived in Britain, I lived in a small town in Bedfordshire called Anthill. And that's Saxon English for Anthill. And there was a lot of ants, I won't deny it. My garden was riddled with them. So that was well named 2,000 years ago. It's where Catherine of Aragon was put out to live when Henry VIII didn't want to marry her anymore so he made her a castle in Amtil and they sent her out there so there's a pub there called the Catherine of Aragon when I'm driving to work back in the day when I was a school teacher I had to drive through a place called Woburn Abbey and it's a safari park and they breed rare ruminants they breed things like bongos and rare deer and rare isn't that a drum it is but where do you think the leather for the drum comes from There's plains of the kettle deer roaming (laughs) the savannah. You get timpani deer across the black mountains of the Kakar region of Turkey. They're a very difficult and strange animal to breed. Their legs are shorter on one side so they can stand on mountains. But when you have them on the flats in Britain, they walk around in large circles. It's ridiculous. But when you're driving through, they are breeding rare ruminants and they're giving them back to places like china the chinese monk deer has disappeared completely and they were rebreeding and cloning from extinct species and putting them back into the wild again so i know that's happened with some animals but a woolly mammoth i guess is a larger animal isn't it and it's a I much can't wait. difficult oh, i can't beast. wait i want a sweater made out uh-huh. of woolly mammoth fur that would be warm wouldn't it i want woolly mammoth underwear I want to walk. Not today. Not today. It's very hot. I will give you that. I'm not wearing any underwear today. And you don't have a mammoth. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Well, at least 190 countries aren't listening to that and making judgments about me. How about you go back to Nort, Miss Morris? (laughs) (laughs) And I haven't got an elephant walk. No, this is true. Going back to the round of UFOs and cryptozoology, conspiracy theorist claims this footage shows Russian agents discovering the remains of a 13,000-year-old mummified alien in an Egyptian tomb. The black and white video shows Soviet personnel prizing open a sarcophagus to reveal the extraterrestrial remains. It is claimed the footage was shot in a tomb in Giza Plateau as part of an operation. The video was allegedly obtained by an unnamed Russian source who claims to have come by the clip 
via the Russian Mafia from secret KGB archives. The Russian Ooh. Mafia? Must be legit then, mustn't uh-huh. it? It shows the team entering the tomb before being forced back by a cloud of fumes when the casket is opened. Kitted out in gas masks and protective clothes, they return to examine the remains further. The team, which is claimed to have found the ancient astronaut, was allegedly led by Sami Sharaf, a close aide of President Gamal Nasser of Egypt. As well as military personnel, several Egyptologists from the Soviet Academy of Sciences are also said to have been involved. Although many have condemned the video as a hoax, if true, it would support myths that ancient civilizations, such as Egyptians and Incas, were visited by aliens with technology far in advance of their own. Several theorists exist which claim visitors from other planets helped build incredible structures such as the pyramids and the Mall of America. Although the identity of the tomb is unclear, it is thought that it did not belong to an Egyptian king. The sci-fi TV channel claims the film has been examined by forensic experts who confirmed it as genuine. Testimonies from high-ranking KGB officials corroborated the story and the mummy was indeed an alien, according to the documentary. Russian scientist Viktor Ivanovich said the mummy was two meters high and carbon dating said it was about 13,000 years old. He explained documents confirmed there was a project to secure alien documents and technology which was stored in a secret tomb in Giza Plateau in hopes to use it for military purposes. He said there is no doubt that a small group of Russian scientists with military experts have discovered a tomb in Egypt in 1961. As well as the body, it is claimed 15 boxes filled with alien artifacts were also found, plus hieroglyphic inscriptions which spoke of winged gods. Walk like an Egyptian. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Walk with an erection. Ding, 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 ding. That's a dowsing rod, basically, isn't it? Look, I found a stream of underground water. The trouble with that is you'd need two people. Because they've got a cross, haven't they? It's no oh, good just having I one. I don't want to see that. No. I'd need someone standing next to me to make... I don't want to no, see that. I don't want to mm. see that either. I've seen your story. Okay. The Russians opening up the tomb in 1961. I'm going to say it. I don't care. You're going to say it. Go on. I'm bracing myself. I'm holding myself in. It's bunk. It's bunk. It, it is big bunk. Why do you say that? It's just I've been seen, It's worse than the alien video. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. It was done in someone's backyard, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. With your Uncle Dave helping out. And a, Dave! And a fog machine. Oh, he's gorgeous! <laughs> oh, he's gorgeous! <laughs> it's me special poet! I don't even know why I'm saying that. I don't know I either. I think that's Austin Powers. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping it's Austin Powers. You think that's bunk? People can judge for bunk. themselves, of course. It's you bunk. can go to a Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee and look at the Russian bunk. mafia bunk <laughs> KGB. As long as we're keeping an open mind, that's mm. the main thing. You are back <laughs> on a resplendent zero. Michelle, <laughs> what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? Scientists have identified a whole new species of whale following years of stories from local fishermen. Tales of a mysterious beaked whale known as Karasu or Raven have finally been validated thanks to the discovery of an entirely new species that had managed to elude scientists for years. What does it taste like? What? Uh, Chicken. (laughs) Chicken. I think that's fascinating. I think it's it's amazing. I think that must mean that there's Bigfoots out there. I would agree with that. Do you think they're all sat around the dinner table going... 
well, meat again. And they're really unhappy with that. You'd think they'd want a more varied diet, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to live on well meat, is what I'm saying. Who, Bigfoot? Anybody. <laughs> <laughs> What's your geography like? If Bigfoot, who, let's face facts, is probably in the Appalachian Mountains somewhere in Virginia. Appalachian. Or whatever. Or Carolina. <laughs> You's taking all my sing out of my honey hole. Sang. Sang. Wow, thing. Love me some sang. How does, that, how does a whale and a Bigfoot come together? It's some sort of dating site there, isn't it? Holy smoke. Well, that, be, is a good, that is a good... Can you imagine the interview after the date? Farmersonly.com. Farm, whalers. <laughs> whalersonly.com. You've been messing around with those fishermen. You need to go to whalers only. Have you seen the size of that harpoon gun? That's outrageous. Well, I just think it's amazing. They have a whole big ocean, and now they find a new species of whale. That's amazing. It's awe and wonder, Miss Morris. It's awe and wonder. Orca wonder. They say that if you you spend... Oh, you're being funny. Orca wonder. Okay, you'll get one. You're on one. Orca wonder. (laughs) Yes, I got it first time round. (laughs) It's no funnier if you say it three times in a row. Oh, Michelle's off. We've lost her. It's just me and you from now on in. I think that was a death rattle. I'm sure it was. Do we get another one? No, that's all we're getting. Can we move on or are we good? Oh. Yes, there are many strange okay. animals that no one has yet seen. I would agree with you. Can you imagine the interview afterwards where you've gone on your date and there's a Bigfoot? I'd be the person sat on the table next to them going, look, Davinia, look at that couple over there. He's not even wearing a tie. And there's Bigfoot having dinner with a whale. Be ridiculous, wouldn't it? It would be. You're interviewing Bigfoot afterwards on his own. Well, you know, it wasn't what I was expecting. But, you know, I thought she was a lovely lady and we went with it. I don't think there's any chemistry there. But the, uh, you know, the pasta was great and we had the lobster and uh, we chatted about her kids. And uh, the krill she had apparently tasted really good. And uh, we're not going to see each other again, but we'll probably keep in touch. That's yeah. where we're going. That's Text that each other. Totally how that yeah. pans yeah. out, isn't text. it? It's never going to work, no. is it? I mean, what's, he, what's, what's his parents going to say? Or know. hers. Or hers, yeah. This is true. You know, that man's a hairy Bigfoot. He smells. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a fantastic child's book, to be honest. It Bigfoot does. meets the whale. Yes. Okay, we'll get working straight <laughs> on that. There's money to be made, apparently. Its existence had been previously hinted at back in 2013 when three unidentified whale specimens found washed ashore in Japan were suspected of belonging to a new species. Other samples include a misidentified skull on display at the Smithsonian, a dead whale found on the shores of the Bering Sea, and even an entire skeleton found at an Alaskan high school. It's very true that this happens. They reclassified Mm -hmm. all the dinosaur bones recently, and apparently something like four-fifths of every dinosaur doesn't exist. That's the reason a brontosaurus doesn't exist anymore. They got misclassified as being a whole new species of dinosaur. But in actual fact, all the bones just belong to one type of dinosaur. So instantly, overnight, when they did testing on all the bones, they discovered that all the dinosaurs, suddenly they had too many. And some of the bones could be accounted for, for other species. But in this example, they found a skull of a whale in the Smithsonian. And it turned out to be a new species. So yeah. I know that happens both ways. Sure. And in fact, um, they didn't think that the giant squid existed right. more than a few years ago. And now they're making calamari the size of tractor tires. Yep. Mm. They're in movies and stuff. 
This is true. They they assumed it existed due to pirates and fishermen back right. in the day telling tales of giant squid right. that would launch themselves up the ship and tie themselves around the rigging, but they had no definitive proof right. or any kind of... Didn't one get found making love to a, like a, some sort of underground, underwater... What have you been sub- watching? Yes, it's not... <laughs> Sweet octopus love. <laughs> Look at the legs on that. The new species is very similar to the Baird's beaked whale, aside from a few minor differences. There, yeah, this one can't drive. Apparently, it's not very mm, good at driving. Right, mm. has to yeah, have. It's not a That's pilot why she whale. Needs a big oh, <laughs> pilot whale. Yes, we don't keep saying it. You're I encouraging us. <laughs> What's going on on this show that Heather cracks a poor joke, <laughs> and then it has to be repeated two or three times? Either you think I'm stupid and I haven't got it, <laughs> or you think it will be funny second or third time round, and it's not. It really isn't. It's, you know, first time. I'm offended time, by that. First, first time. Don't you start ganging up on me with this racist. I know what you two are doing. It's a female thing, and it's also mm-hmm. a racist thing on this. I'm outnumbered two to one on a microphone here, so I know where I am on this. We're moving into the round that is the strange and the bizarre, because mm-hmm. nothing so far has been remotely strange or remotely bizarre. I have a story that says he's made his name as a popular chef, so it's rather fitting that Jamie Oliver wants to be cremated in a culinary way when he dies. Uh, in a pizza oven. What? Oh, yeah. Oh. That can, that, could, can that even get hot enough? I would think, think so. that would do a job, yeah. I think you could get that hot enough. It depends how much wood you put underneath it and how big your fire is. Isn't oh. that true of life in general, to be I was honest? thinking of an electric pizza oven. Oh. <laughs> no, that wouldn't. And you're going to have to cut so him up. Long. It would yeah. Where are we up to? We're up to his elbow. Jesus, we've still got the rest of the body. We've been here three hours. He's, he's going to have to go through a couple times. All we've managed, all we've managed is the fingers, a hand, and the left elbow. <laughs> When we took this on board, I thought we'd be done in half a day. We're going to be here all week. It's lucky this wasn't in Minnesota. It'd have been deep fried, wouldn't it? Oh, yes. With some mayonnaise. That's perfect. The celebrity cook 41 said he would also like Jamie Cullen to sing a cover version of Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. That seems very specific to me. It does. I'd have gone with The Doors singing Come On Baby, Light My Fire. Ah. In an interview with Weekend Magazine, he was asked what the order of service would be at his funeral. Jamie Cullen would sing Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer and then I'd be burnt in a wood oven just to keep it culinary. (laughs) And he said he would like to be remembered as a half-honest bloke who had a go. So half Unhonest, then, I would suggest. <laughs> Jamie and his wife, George, are expecting their fifth child and already parents to Poppy, Daisy, Petal and Buddy. And he said his first date with his wife of 16 years when they were both 18 years old is the happiest moment in his life. Aww. He said, I'd been in love with her for about six months, but I wasn't very confident with women. I sounded like Scooby-Doo whenever I spoke to one. So it took me ages to ask her. I've never dated a woman. You go up to a woman in a bar and like... I'm sorry. You said they've been married for 16 years. And when you said, I've been in love with her for six Six months. months. (laughs) Great. You got six months? We've been happily married for six months. (laughs) 
But we've been married for 16. Well, it wasn't long before he gave her a good shaggy. Oh, God. He was, uh, his cheeky behaviour gets him into trouble with the missus as he added that the temptation he can't resist is giving my wife Jules lovely bums a smack when she's doing the washing up. Great. He, he added it never goes down well. What, getting her to do the washing up while sexually assaulting her doesn't go down well. <laughs> Let's see you run the vacuum around and I'll jiggle on your tits and see how that works. <laughs> God. Heather Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Well, American woman. Stay away <laughs> from me. Took her dead husband's body on a road trip in Alaska using ice from local canneries to keep the corpse cold. Yes. Why Yay. would you want to go to Alaska? That's a road trip right there. That's a film, isn't I it? I don't know, Alaska. Well, we can get her on the show, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're ganging up on me. I'm going to go and sit in the corner and kind of rock backwards and forwards due to the bullying. Officers responded to a call last week to find the body of a 78-year-old man inside an aluminum transport casket. Yay! That's got to be cold. Ketchikan Police Chief <laughs> Alan <laughs> Why don't you change it to Smith? <laughs> told the Ketchikan Daily News that during the journey, which took place over several days, the woman stopped at canneries for ice and put it in the truck bed during the rolling wake. Bengard told Juno Empire that the body was supposed to be en route to the mortuary, but for some reason she decided to not to go directly to the mortuary and had been driving around with him for a couple days. So she's taking a road trip with her hubby in the truck bed. At least there can't be any arguing. There can't be a sense of, no. you know, yeah. you're the one with the map. You're supposed to be telling me where we're going. Yeah, mum's the word. Yeah, you wouldn't have any arguments mm. on that road trip, would you? It's my understanding that leading up to the events of the last couple of days, there's been a rolling wake or a viewing. So she's taking him to go. Take him out. <laughs> He's never looked better, has he? Look at him. <laughs> um, so she went to the canneries and kept getting ice to make sure he stayed fresh-ish. Do you think you could use the lane that requires two people to be in the car at the same oh, time? Oh, the carpool lane. Yeah, you prop him up next to you and you're good to go, aren't you? People must have done that. I'm sure that's happened. A good diver sat next to you so you could go in the carpooling lane. Maybe. I'm sure that must have happened. Well, the woman is not actually facing any charges and the man had actually died of natural causes. The mortuary took custody of the body after the authorities were called Bengard said hopefully the woman would not take her husband back out on the road anytime soon. Back on the again. road again. again. I can't believe it's not illegal to take a dead body over state lines. Oh, he may have died in Alaska. So she was just driving around with him. Driving around Alaska. Yes. One last time. One last time. Travels yeah. with Charlie and John like Stein. I kind of like yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll bear that in mind. Then if you decide to pop this mortal coil and we'll shove you in the car and we'll go on a road trip to Pipestone and back. That sounds like perfect. Who could ask for more? Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of The Strange and the Bizarre? An individual dressed up as a clown has been seen hanging around in the early hours of the morning. Claudophobia, fear of clowns. My sister hated clowns. I used to dress up as one in the middle of the night and just... <laughs> Hover. You you had to dress up. Hover over. 
I was born with naturally curly orange hair. It's a it's a affliction, I tell you. There's whole thousands of people out there with websites for people that abuse that have really tight red orange curly hair and big and red big noses feet. and big feet. <laughs> it's not funny. I get into my car every morning and the doors fall off. <laughs> the mysterious character who has come to be known as Gags. 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 Yes. Gags is coming to get you if you don't go to sleep. Oh, he's gorgeous. Is he? <laughs> not so much. You're just going on the premise that men with big feet aren't you? This is what we're doing here. I just said you had big feet. Well, it's very kind of you. Not more than 20 minutes ago, you told 190 countries that I didn't have a mammoth. You've changed your tune, haven't you? I can't keep up. One minute it's small, one minute it's large, one minute it's small again. That's how it works. (laughs) I wish I'd have known that on my honeymoon. Gags is typically seen wandering the streets with a face full of makeup, a shabby clown costume, and a handful of black balloons. How is your mother? (laughs) (laughs) Sightings of him have become so common, in fact, that a Facebook page entitled Gags, the Green Bay Clown, has been set up to provide witnesses with a place to upload their photographs. Hold on, Wisconsin. Wisconsin! Yay! Yay! Hi, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) no conclusive explanation for the phenomenon has yet been found however one commenter has claimed that the clown may be a part of a short horror film being shot in the area cannibal clowns does this taste funny oh god i have one last story tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre a remote operated deep sea exploration vehicle has discovered a peculiar purple orb underneath a rock The marine mystery was uncovered by the exploration vessel Nautilus during a recent deep-sea expedition to the Aguello Canyon near the Channel Islands National Marine Sanctuary. The alien-looking object was found beneath a rock more than 5,000 feet under the surface. The researchers involved in the expedition had never seen anything like it before and have suggested that it might be some sort of gastropod, like a slug or a snail. It's a Mm. Pokemon creature. It is. Fortunately, the team's remote vehicle was actually able to collect the organism for further analysis. However, it would likely take several months for them to determine exactly what it is. Small purple gastropod spheres. No, I've just been swimming. We now enter the final round of the evening. It is the round called Not For Your Mother. The round that we can't put out live on air for fear of being removed or getting an excessive Fine. These are the stories from around the world that are laden with sexual innuendo and content. If your mother is easily offended, she needs to be left out of the room. You need to remove any small minors. I have a story that says an expert has told of his plans to publish a how to build your own sex robot handbook for lonely men. Nice. Ricky, Ricky Ma Wakey, Ricky Milky Way, 42. <laughs> has made headlines earlier this year when he presented his remarkably lifelike female humanoid to the world. Built with around $60,000 of his own cash, the robot... By the way, if you're spending $60,000 of your own cash, why would you bother to build a sex robot? Surely that will keep you in Ladies of the Night strumpets for the rest of your life. Mail order bride. If you, for example, spend... 
60 years on this planet, you've got a thousand dollars a year to then spend on ladies of the night. Why would you spend that on a sex robot? It doesn't make any sense. I'm not advocating doing that, but in a man in his position, that seems like an awful lot of money to build a you sex robot. You said his position. <laughs> Beavis and Butted sitting over there looking at me. <laughs> yeah, that's you, Michelle. Well spotted. <laughs> I'm going to keep your ass beavers. I am the great Cornholio. I need some TP for my Bamolio. <laughs> Never seen it. The robot prototype Mike One bore a striking resemblance to the what Hollywood star. What was his star. name? I haven't got to that yet. He's a oh. prototype called Mark One. <laughs> his brother's Mark called One. Yeah, and his brother's Colin One. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> bore a striking resemblance to the Hollywood star Scarlett Johansson. It responds to a set of program verbal commands spoken into a microphone and has moving facial expressions. Mm. Now Ma, a graphic designer from Hong Kong, is raising funds for Mark II. Great. He says in the meantime he hopes to produce a handbook guide. To a show handbook? <laughs> oh. <laughs> of course he is. I've got another two pages of this story. I want to be out of here by 12 o'clock. The bars will shut. Yes, he's put together a handbook. It's <laughs> convenient. Yeah. I wish I had a copy in front of me now. I'd be fingering through it. <laughs> he says Mark 1 is not a sex toy, but believes there could be a big market for sex robots in the future. Mm-hmm. A washing machine wasn't a sex toy, but 10 minutes after building it, you hear what I'm saying? Basic sex robots are already available to buy online and demand is growing, particularly in mainland China. Ma told the South China Morning Post, many people feel very lonely and some people are not skilled at commuting. Commuting. <laughs> really? I'm not skilled at commuting no, either. Kells. <laughs> and boys, every time I try and commute, I sound like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I don't think they should fall in love with robots, but having a robot companion can help them psychologically. Uh-huh, uh-huh. See where this is. Besides movements of its arms and legs, <laughs> turning uh-huh. its head and bowing, uh-huh. Mars robot with blonde hair and hazel eyes can form detailed facial expressions. Ricky has dressed her up in a crop top <laughs> and a grey skirt. She of looks course. Re- she looks very respectable, actually. She looks mm-hmm. like a secretary. In response uh-huh. to the compliment... Mark 1, you are so beautiful. The robot bows as the muscles around its eyes relax and corners of its lips lift up, forming a smile. It then replies, he, 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 thank you. But don't ask it to do the washing up. Creating the robot, Mara adopted a trial and error method in which he encountered obstacles ranging from burnt out motors. What was he doing with this? <laughs> I think we know what he was doing His with this. His electricity bill must have been huge. He wasn't oiling it enough. No. Every evening, the lights in the street <laughs> are dimming and someone's <laughs> drinking the juice. And the electricity board's wondering where all the drains are going from. It kept losing its balance as well, apparently. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mahu believes the importance of robots will grow, hopes an investor will buy his prototype, giving him the capital to build Used? another one. Oh. Apparently... <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it comes with a mute button and a 5,000 mile oil change. 
Oh. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? There's some really hot property for sale. Hot property. Hot. On the sun. Oh, I can't wait. Hot. Hot property. Yes, it's got four bedrooms. Four bedrooms. I'm there already. I'm look, I'm thinking this is a great place Two to be. Two bathrooms. Well, yeah. That'd, that'd be very convenient because my mother's going to be living with me and she's in the bathroom day and night. And it's shaped like a penis. <gasps> really? My mother could go and live in the tit then, can't she? <laughs> I thought you were going to put her in the sack. <laughs> oh. My mother might be listening to this show. What's wrong with you? I like the idea of saying to Jeeves the butler, I think we'll take tea tonight and comestibles in the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a penis, boys and girls. A wedding tackle. And I'd never heard this one before. I had heard the twig and berries. The old twig and berries. But I'd never heard the love dart. <laughs> love dart. 180. Never heard it. No, never no. heard the love dart. The Bullseye. Real, <laughs> the real estate agent says it's unique and very private. That sure is one way to describe it. Known as the Australian Buckingham phallus. <laughs> <laughs> do you think you can build an extension or do you think you need planning permission? <laughs> I want to put an extra 30 foot on the end of mine. <laughs> oh, I, there's so much to say. It's close to Browns Bay and surrounded oh. by vegetation. Of course, of course it, it is. is. Yes. yes, they really need Michelle's to trim those no bushes. Veg- she's got no vegetation, is Michelle. <laughs> no. no, none. None. It's like a plucked chicken, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's on Macars Creek Road in Church Point, a quaint suburb in Sydney's northern beaches. The mischievous floor plan was designed by architect Stan Simons, who had a thing for curvature, and the house was erected in 1958. 58. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. It's been there for that long. Yeah. Yeah. It is still That's some standing. Yeah. <laughs> it was sold for $1.35 million 14 months ago, but the owner was not up for a lengthy stay. So it wasn't... <laughs> So it's at least back it wasn't on the built, market. At least it wasn't built in vain. Oh, oh, God. The asking price for the elongated abode is between $1.37 million and $1.5. The floor plan is something you don't see every day, but it works well with the rest of the house, which is um, generous in size. Mm. Bedrooms extend down the shaft of the home before <sighs> opening into the living area and bathroom. Somebody artistic or creative or somebody with a sense of humor is expected to grab this uh, saucy, grab the horn, horn by the balls, saucy, saucy, saucy structure. Saucy oh, structure. Saucy. Yes. Most Cheeky. people are going to say it's a bit quirky for them, but I can see that coming from families in particular. Mr. Allen said it's ideally going to suit a small family or first time home buyers. The first open house is on Saturday if you want it. Catch trip it. to Australia. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the house? I have. Is it anatomically correct? Could yes. You, you can tell everything that's going on, can you? Yes. Mm. It's, you can spot every part. Yes. The twig and berries and everything. Everything. Yes. It almost makes me want to go and have a look on Google Earth. You probably should. Very impressive. We See what they're supposed that... to look like. Oh, my. Oh. Can't we go through a show where you don't mention... <laughs> Your mammoth? We already <laughs> said you didn't have one. <laughs> 
Every every night I go home and cry after this show. Yeah. I spend the whole of Saturday in my bed weeping. Oh. Calling the victim support centre and saying, those girls on that show, every They're time. They're so mean, so mean to horrible. me. It's just shocking. Maybe if we won once in a while. Okay, I'll bear that in mind for next week. <laughs> or maybe I won't. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Pregnant British woman performs pole dance while in labor. In labor. Nice, yes. That's a two-for-one special. Let's hope nobody (laughs) wetted the baby's head. Oh. Two-for-one special. (laughs) I I did. I did a a Reiki healing on a pregnant woman and charged her double. I did. God's honest truth. I thought it was funny. She didn't batter an eyelid. I just have an image of the baby reaching out for the tips. There you oh, go. No. That's shocking. You want change? Oh, no, no, keep it. You're good. This oh is, my. This is from it's Nottingham, England. Yeah. Nottingham, England. Okay. Oh, a British fitness enthusiast posted a video of herself pole dancing with one very unusual twist. She was in labour at the time. Good. What if your good. waters break? That would be terrible, wouldn't it? They must have done. If she's in labour, her waters are broken. That's going to make that bowl really slippery. The person who's got to come in after her, that's an unpleasant situation, isn't it? In those heels? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Only a woman would think of a pregnant woman in labour, pole dancing, and then say, in those heels. <laughs> As a man, that was the least of my considerations, oh. I have to say. <laughs> no, because you're good on your heels. I am. Oh. <laughs> Difficult to get him in my size, to be fair, but I'm working on it. Oh, Cat Bailey, owner of, I can't wait to say it, Pole Cat Fitness. Nice. Nice. Yes, yeah. In Nottingham, England, posted a video to Facebook Sunday showing her getting one of the last pole dancing sessions in before heading to the hospital to give birth. That's so sweet. Can you imagine if it had come out and it's swinging around the umbilical cord on the pole? That would be something you could... It would be like a maypole. It would. That would be shocking. You can't unsee that, can you? No. No. I'd like to. (laughs) (laughs) I'll admit it. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I'd like to watch you watching that, I think. (laughs) So, I'm officially in labor. Got a few hours to go before we go to the hospital, so I thought I'd do some pole dancing in between contractions. Bailey wrote in the video's description. The expectant mother's condition doesn't seem to impede her strength or flexibility. Great. When I said was she flexible and she said she could make Thursday and Wednesday afternoons, my mother... (laughs) No. (laughs) My mother fenced. My my parents are both fencers and I fenced as well at a high level in my youth. And my mother was pregnant with me when she fenced and she was fencing foil. And she went to the doctor and she said to the doctor, is it okay for me to be pregnant and still keep fencing? And the doctor said, sure, it's fine. The baby's well protected. So I think it all turned out well for me in the end. Yeah, sure yeah. did. Sure. You've just sure got did. a bigger target area, aren't you? It's an advantage to the other person, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you've got more to aim at, you've got a better chance of getting a hit, haven't you? But my mother fenced with me when I was in her belly. Uh, All's well oh. that ends well. Miss Morris, you can bring up the end of the show. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a plane. No, it's dildo duck. Oh, Dil- <laughs> yes. Hang on, that's what I clean my toilet with. <laughs> a dildo no. <laughs> I also make smoothies with it. It runs on a car battery. What's wrong with you? 
dildo duck. What's that? Dildo dildo. You're making. The, you've got the theme tune, haven't you? I do. I don't remember that Walt Disney character. Uh, it was don't Ro- you dare, Roger Rabbit. Don't you don't. dare. You promised. You did. You promised. I promised. At the beginning of the show. <laughs> Stop. At least I'm not rapping. <laughs> the Adventures of Dildo Duck. <laughs> this is one duck that definitely doesn't need to be thrown any bread. In Mandura, the woman's post this week on the popular Perth Facebook page has drawn widespread interest and no shortage of hilarity after she thought she spotted a black duck in the grass <gasps> area near the lake. Oh, no. <laughs> it's canard. house? On <laughs> <laughs> closer inspection, it turned out to be a rather large Animal. sex toy. Really? Oh, just yeah. abandoned? Just fell out, did it? Yep. Someone um, threw that out of an aeroplane. <laughs> You'd have to be the unluckiest person, wouldn't you? If you was walking along, minding your own business, and you died because... No. Dildo Duck got thrown out of an aeroplane. Remember that movie, The Gods Must Be Crazy? Yes, I do. (laughs) I can imagine the weight. You know, we all knew Colin. He was a very generous, a very warm-hearted man. Unfortunately, passed away this week when a giant dildo was thrown out of an aeroplane and caught him square on the temple (laughs) from 30,000 feet. We've buried him with the sex toy. I think it's what he would have wanted. Well, uh, when I see a bird that walks like a duck and swims like a duck and quacks like a duck, I call it that bird a duck. But given the presence of other ducks splashing around nearby in the lake, it's easy to see why the initial mistake was made. I can see a woman opening up a package in her bedroom that's just been delivered by FedEx and you get... And you're thinking, I never ordered that. There's been a terrible mix-up. Yeah, it's not supposed to make any noise. No. Well, let's not be hasty. Hang on. (laughs) One Facebook commenter noted the toy viewed from a distance, and I did see the picture and it's not bunk, um, <laughs> looked eerily like the well-known picture purported to Daffy. be the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, the, it's the Loch Ness Monster. Oh, what, yes. How big? How big is this sex or toy? Or was it actually the Loch Ness Monster? Oh, I see what oh. you've done there. Can we get away with that? Is that? I think so. But it did look like a black duck, kind of. So you're telling me it was that this sex toy now looks like the Loch Ness Monster, which people think is a pleasurosaur. A pleasurosaur. <laughs> yes. That's huge. That's like 25 foot long. Well, it's not that big, but when you look at the picture, they're comparing the Loch Ness Monster to the Dildo Duck. They're comparing the two, are they? Mm-hmm. You seem to have a really extensive knowledge of these things. You're working in areas I previously have no knowledge of. To be honest, I've seen bigger. You've seen bigger, have you? <laughs> Don't you go iron up my thermos flask. That's my tea in there. You're not having that. I draw the line at that. That's a cup of tea in that thermos flask. And you're not going anywhere near it, I tell you, madam. Right now, straight off the bat. Don't even start looking at it. <laughs> now I can't do anything but look at it. <laughs> I'm looking it right in its eye. Isn't it amazing when you walk around the room, the eye follows you? I had that problem when I was looking at Michelangelo's David. <laughs> oh! Oh, how oh, oh, comes all of a sudden? It's like, oh! You've been talking about dildos for 20 minutes. <laughs> Great. 
This is the informative, up-to-date, paranormal news that people want us to listen to on a regular basis. I don't think we're letting anyone down. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Heather Morris who scored a resplendent one point. Who knew? In first place with the $33,000 IR camera is myself. Again? Who managed to <sighs> score five points. Serious? Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back <laughs> Next week with a whole new bunch of cheating at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee or you can contact me on my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and remember we now do 20 to 25 minutes of the show off air in a round that we have called not for your mother and you can access that in our archives right now if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Jaton Drainer, Nathan Bush, Michelle Corrie, and all of the International Paranormal Society, interparanormal.net, and all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting.